0: It's double feature day as we talk about some huge Sony news and chat it up about the Justice League. Adventurers, gear up for an all new episode.
1: Greetings adventurer, and welcome to the Surly Nerd.
0: Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the show. We are the Surly Nerd, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony.
1: Hey.
2: And back
0: with us this week is our co-host, Hector. Hello. We're so glad you're back.
2: I'm glad I'm it back, It was too. very
0: lonely last week
2: without you. Yeah, you know, sometimes work needs you to do an after-hours event, even during a pandemic. It's, um, you know, you do what you got to do. Kind of. Got to stack those bills. Hey, at least, at least you're lucky and
0: you're working, so. That's true. It. At least there's that. This week on the show, after the news, we're going to break down part of the Sony store closing and what that means, and break down our feelings on the Snyder Cut. But before we start, don't forget that you can head over to patreon.com slash this early nerd, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. I'm going to be real with you all for a minute. Trying to get my notes down for every little thing in the Final Fantasy VII remake is getting a little out of control, so I think we're about ready to record, and that is going to be recorded, of course, as a Patreon-first exclusive. With all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, adventures of all ages, it's time for The Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week. What we've been watching, what we've been playing, what's been occupying our free time. Hector, you've been gone. What have you been doing?
2: Uh, Let's see. I started because the second... the second and I think final uh, DLC expansion for Doom Eternal came out. So I started the first one. I hadn't mm-hmm. started it yet. It is hard. Yeah? Yeah. I finished the game on Ultraviolence, which isn't like a feat. It's just the difficulty above normal. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a hard game on normal. So it, it was pretty difficult. I got I got through the whole original game, started <clears> the <throat> DLC, and it started getting trounced Like wow. left and right, just destroyed Um, fantastic game. I mean, if you've never played doom eternal, what do that? Mm -hmm. And it's on game pass now. It is on game pass now. Like, Mm -hmm. like play it in any way you can. It's not like I need my, the biggest PC or like only certain consoles play it any way you can. It's Mm -hmm. an amazing game. That's what I've been playing aside from trying to finish out my, uh, my PC horizon zero dawn playthrough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I watched two really interesting movies. Uh, I watched uh, one called My Octopus Teacher, Mm -hmm. which is a documentary about a man who basically... Was able to do, like, a soft retirement because he was sick of being ground down at work. He was uh, editing video and shooting video, and he was just like, I never want to see an editing bay again. I'm out of here. I'm, I have this house that uh, is next to this, like, really rough ocean space, and I grew up there, and I'm going to go get in the water and just live my life for a little while. Mm-hmm and he goes to this beach every day and swims into these different parts of the ocean every day and he finds this octopus uh it's kind of young octopus live about a year Mm -hmm. um so he goes and visits it every day for a year and you get the story of that and it's really fucking amazing Mm -hmm. it's super cool because he shot all of it himself while not scuba diving snorkeling and just Mm -hmm. hanging out with this octopus the octopus recognizes him and knows him at some point it is Hmm. touching it's wonderful it's a really intelligent animal that does really cool stuff Hmm. and gives a lot of close-up video of it it's super cool Okay. Um, second video is a Korean movie. I, I Korean, maybe in air quotes, called Space Sweepers. It's a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to see this. I kept so suggesting. So good. One? It is more anime than actual anime. Like, it is more <laughs> anime than any live-action anime based on other real anime I've ever seen. And it's not based on an anime, I don't think. There's an yeah. anime like it called Planets. Basically, the story is... Um, Space travel is becoming a thing that everyone does and that means you have to clean up space debris because there's space debris everywhere because people are messy and there are people who collect this junk and that's their job. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of follows this cast of characters as they hang out in the ship and collect trash orbiting Earth. (laughs) It's very cool. It's got an incredibly high budget. The effects are all amazing. One of the characters is just entirely CG and it never looks bad.
0: Okay, and it's, it's a live action show,
2: though. Yes, okay. absolutely, 100% live action show. Huge budget, very, very cool. Um, the reason I put Korean in air quotes is because while a lot of the ma- main characters are Korean and speak Korean, the uh, lady from Germany speaks German. The guy from America speaks English. Hmm. Uh, you, you know, uh, the, the the Chinese people speak Chinese. Even oh, uh, so, so it's like everyone just kind of speaks their own language in this movie, and. Because I knew it was going to be in Korean and I wasn't really in the mood to read, I was like, let's check out the dub. And all the dub did was translate the Korean into English, and everyone else not speaking Korean got subtitled into English. Huh. And they got to speak German. They or, forced you to read anyway. Yes, <laughs> they forced me to read anyway. But I thought that was a really neat touch. A- you anyway, didn't want subtitles. the movie was awesome. <laughs> it was really easy to watch. So mm-hmm. if you get a chance, put it on. It's great. Space Sweepers.
0: Okay. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. Mm -hmm. We did some group activities this week. Um, We definitely watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one. Mm -hmm. We will keep spoilers off the table because it just came out. Yep. Uh, Initial thoughts, everyone?
2: I can't wait for the rest of it. I'm really sad that I know that it's only six episodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not sad because I know they're going to tell a really cohesive story. I was surprised at the budget. Oh, I know, right. Have I you thought WandaVision had a budget? No, no, no. This, this is, is an MC, like this is MCU movie. Yeah, budget. Yeah, triple A MCU movie budget on this show right now. I was also surprised by the um, uh, yeah, this isn't the spoiler. The alarming amount of murder in this <laughs> yeah, show, yeah, alarming amount of perpetrated murder perpetrated by Alarm our <laughs> heroes. Um, look forward to that if you haven't watched it yet. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought it was awesome. Can't you, wait for the next. What do you think one. of it, Tony?
3: The, I enjoyed it overall. My only issue with it is just from a directorial point of view, and that's literally stop putting the camera in extreme close-ups, just mm-hmm. inserting these shots. It's throughout the entire thing, and it's just, it throws me out every single time they do it, and they do it fucking constantly. Okay. do doesn't just, like faces. I know. I don't <laughs> like it whenever it's, Like an ear shot, like cool. I really wanted to get like just the wrinkles in that dude's eye. That's exactly (laughs) what I feel that moment needed. It's fucking bad directing. It's throwing in an extreme, an extreme, extreme close up for.
2: Right. So that's a director of photography's job based on the, you know, what they're doing.
3: Well, yeah. Even when you're editing it, you're like, all right, I'm going to cut into an extreme close up in this spot. You're like, why the fuck are you doing that? And I don't get the creative choice for it. Other than that, I enjoyed everything else about it. Okay. That is uh, we we did have is a, that? a bit of a controversy
0: amongst the, the, the panel here because mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago we got together and we did a double feature. Yeah, we did. And we watched the original Coming to America, mm-hmm. which we all had a good time, good laugh. Drinks Still were coming had. to America. It was yeah. fantastic.
2: It was wonderful. Movie. Uh, and then
0: we went into the second movie mm-hmm. and we watched it and then we all went outside and very much disagreed about how we felt about the movie.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um... My- Does everybody's opinions still feel the same? Because uh, we, uh, I guess to say is I did not necessarily overly enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed parts of it, but...
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a movie, if you haven't seen it, um, that I don't think you can enjoy unless you were somebody who grew up and watched the original. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. It very much caters to a certain age demographic being like, look, if you like the original, you'll probably like this one. If you don't, then you probably won't.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of throwback to the original. There is some... Um, There is some intelligent writing going on. Mm -hmm. um, And for what it is, and by what it is, I mean a movie made to cash in directly on the nostalgia of a movie from the 80s, which we get so much of these days. Mm -hmm. For what it is, it's actually one of the better ones because it does come in trying to say something of its own, even though it does do all of the tricks of like, hey, remember that in the first one? Hey, remember that in the first one? Hey, remember that in the first one? And yeah, we get it. Um, But... And that can be annoying, especially if you're not expecting it. But outside of that, it, it, I felt it had more to offer, and which I never thought we would get out of sure. coming to America, to the number two America. Yeah. Um, it was better than I thought it would be. Uh, not as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad Eddie Murphy is working.
3: Okay. Eddie Murphy's been doing some great work for quite a little bit now. Mm. I just don't... And I did enjoy his character again in this. There, Like I said, there are a lot of things I enjoyed about this movie. Mm-hmm. This just comes down to an overall story that's being told and the way it was being told I feel is just not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he spent this whole really cool sequence talking about his daughters and how like they're like following the father's footsteps. They're doing the, the crazy like ninja stuff or the, the, the kung fu stuff that in, in the yard because remember this from the first one whenever he did mm-hmm. it? And preparing them to, like, take over the country. But, spoiler for the whole fucking movie. Oh, but a magic a son shows up, so we have to spend the entire movie going and getting this son and making him the king now. Mm. Fuck that. That is patriarchal bullshit nonsense <laughs> that didn't even fucking cover in the movie whatsoever. Well, it
2: actually, it, it took Akeem <laughs> the entire movie to realize that. Yeah, that was the point of the was movie. Which was the problem, because, uh, to me, just based on the way that he raised... His daughters, I was like, this This is a no-brainer. Why are we doing this? Right. But I don't know. I don't know. This is it's, not it's a discussion the of the movie. It's the MacGuffin. But uh, th- that was a disconnect. I agree with you there. I, I didn't think it should have been a hard decision for our character. But then it would have been a very short movie. Yeah,
3: it or been. it could have been telling a much more interesting, cool story about the Coming to America experience. Yeah, but they were writing a kid. sequel
2: for Coming to America. Yeah. How, how interesting could it have been? Well, <laughs> they spent a lot
3: of time talking to his son about what making him a king how about you find about what the son's actual life is about being left in america without a father like let's go more into that and do the coming to america that's part of that story instead of they these jokes that we yeah we could got, have el- called it coming to africa <laughs> okay yeah, maybe, <laughs> so maybe that that would have been fucking cool as shit too we just to- what they did was a bad cash-in on the memory of the first one. And it feels like all they did was kind of just shit on the grave of the first one. Like the, now they killed it. They killed it. Like the it was one. very yeah. extreme <laughs> opinions
0: across the board here. Uh, Tony, is there anything you want to talk about real quick? We need to kind oh, of start um, wrapping this Earmig up in
3: the witch. Uh, it's on HBO max. I watched that. Um, it's not that good. Okay. I mean, the CGI is good. Mm-hmm. The story is not very good. It's relatively a very long 20-minute episode of a children's anime. No. I mean, I think it is supposed to be meant really for children, but a lot of the story that don't think kids would get because it's very confusing mm. and it's long. It's, I do not understand what Studio Ghibli was trying to do with this I experiment, mm-hmm. perhaps, but uh, eh. Eh. Okay. I didn't really enjoy it. It's definitely not their best work.
0: All right. Well that's everything we have for the prelude this week. We're gonna take a small break when we come back. And on the other side, we're gonna be going into our main news segment in the weekly raid. <laughs>
3: weekly raid
0: hey adventurers! welcome back to the show this is the weekly raid our news roundup for the week with this being a double feature boss room day all the news is going to be held in our speedrun format you know the drill i give the headlines and we briefly discuss it and move on there's only one way to open the show this week and that's to celebrate the actress jessica walter who sadly passed away today you might know her from being Lucille Bluth in Arrested Development, or Mallory Archer in Archer, or a million other things, an amazing Broadway talent, mm-hmm. you know, a ton. Uh, she was an amazing performer, and honestly, the, the world is a bit darker without her here. Uh, so yeah, here's to you. Thank you, Jessica.
2: Mm. Oh, Mallory Archer. Mm, what ah, a great character. What a great character. <laughs> Immigrants, there they go. <laughs> Just listening to the raps and and shooting all the jobs.
0: (laughs) Such a great quote. Uh, Let's see here. Let's let's raise the the, the level in the room a little bit. Uh, Up next, John Wick director uh, Chad Sedinsky has been tapped by Sony Pictures to work alongside members of Sucker Punch Studios to develop a film adaptation of the wildly successful
2: title Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, fuck, uh, at this point, that might come out before The Last of Us movie. <laughs> Probably would. Um, we've been promised a lot of uh, Sony Studio Property movies mm. o- over, the Slash last, theories, yeah. over the last couple of years. Um, I mean, we still don't have Uncharted. Mm. Uh, last of Us has been teased forever. Supposedly, they're I mean, working on it. Technically,
0: Tom Holland says he's wrapped on Uncharted.
2: Right. And uh, yeah, Ghost of, Sh- of Tsushima. Yeah, it would make an amazing movie. If they do it right, if they make it like John Wick, that's like, okay, I guess. If they make it like a Kira Kurosawa made John Wick, I mean you have to Yeah, right? yeah, pump it directly into my veins, please. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you
0: have to. I mean, that that entire game is based around being a tribute to Kurosawa.
2: Exactly, exactly. But you know, I've, I've, I've the director does action, so we'll see. We'll see what they can come up with. I, I absolutely trust you know the people at Sucker Punch because they made the fucking game, mm-hmm. and it all depends on the people they work with. That's I true. mean, from the director of.
3: John Wick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with he knows how to do action very well and yeah. also do very great storytelling and understand to do world building. So the world building that takes place within the game is very done off of Kurosawa's style. It's very atmospheric off <laughs> yeah. of Kurosawa's artwork, but he can add in those moments of closeness action whenever you get into those uh, battle sequences mm-hmm. that maybe Kurosawa didn't have the ability to shoot really fast mm-hmm. and move things quickly and would have done something differently like he's going to try right i think that combining the two would be pretty fucking interesting mm-hmm. i mean there's a and, there's I mean, a there definitely is a
0: brutality to sashima because you oh, can kill yeah. things in one hit oh yeah so you need to make that hit look good on camera mm-hmm.
2: whether, whether
0: the, that be in the game or in a movie
2: right and i'm just now remembering because when i back think back to the like I don't know, fucking 90 hours I put into Ghosts. It was, I always remember the combat because of how much fun it was. And every time I got into a fight, I was like, yeah, here we go. Um, And you get into, you know, thousands of fights across the course of the game. But the big thing for me was remembering just now the story. That's a really good story to tell. That is going to be so cool. I can't wait to see that.
0: All right. Uh, if you didn't know, Keanu Reeves' comic book Berserker is wildly successful, and it turns out that there's going to be a live action movie based on it and an anime series for Netflix.
3: Oh, like we didn't see that one. Uh, yeah, there. I love all of those things. Like that, was, that was. This comic was going just to came happen. out, by the way. This yeah. comic
0: just came out and basically just sold gangbusters. It was a kick started on Kickstarter originally, mm-hmm. and uh, just people bought it up on Kickstarter. Now, like the first like couple issues or trade is released, and they're like, "Yeah, this comic that Keanu wanted to do is like." really good. Yeah. So just buy it.
2: I'm ready to just like, like I'm just going to start referring to him as different characters every time I need to say his name because he's so awesome. He's just <laughs> like, Oh fuck. Johnny Silverhand's comic is really popular.
0: <laughs> well, if you didn't know the story of Berserker is about an immortal warrior who's been alive for like eight, uh, 80,000 years. Uh, he's known as his, B is his name he's a mat, half mortal half god who is cursed to a life of violence it takes place in the modern day and he works for the US government and he takes on jobs that are too dangerous for anyone else while trying to find a way to die basically he's like I just want to find a way to die
3: at this point mm. the thing, this is autobiographical, based on keanu reeves is immortal <laughs> being and he's in these action movies trying to find ways to, die. to do action forever <laughs> yeah used to be a warrior
2: now an actor thinking oh this will be chill and then we just keep making him kill dudes <laughs>
0: Also in movie news, Pierce Brosnan has been cast to play Doctor Fate in the upcoming DC Black Adam movie starring The Rock.
2: I know nothing about Black Adam as a character at all. I certainly don't know who Doctor Fate is. He's
0: the Shazam bad guy. Okay. Yeah. So he's
2: wait, so wait, he's the bad guy from Shazam? He is he is directly opposed to Shazam. Oh, so yeah. but, he is but, but this ben is a movie where he is a protagonist. Correct? Yes, yes,
0: he's a Black Adam is Anti- one of those he, He's a gray area character.
2: Oh, he's a the Punisher. Yeah. He is
0: mostly portrayed as a bad guy within the comics. Okay, um, but kind he has, f- has has had had hero hero arcs. Venom. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, and, and, it's, it's,
3: it's, he's an anti-hero okay. S- when needed. You gotcha. Know? All right. No, but I mean that, that sounds interesting. But if
0: you had ever like even suggested to me that you'd get Pierce Brosnan like acting
2: ag- <laughs> against like the rock I'd be like what the
0: fuck are you smoking
2: in a comic book movie comic oh book. based on Black Adam what, what? now
3: if you had watched the per- first Percy Jackson movie where he portrayed um, Chiron you would have seen this coming, yeah. No, his his career went sideways weirdly, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, this is a great move for him, I believe. Like, mm. are we are we having, When was the last time we actually talked about Pierce Brosnan in the like? holy shit, we actually give a fuck what role he's actually been doing. No, Nobody does. Yeah, yeah it's I been mean, quite a while.
2: Well yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad when he goes back and does like some comedy and yeah. just plays Pierce Brosnan and is like, I'm a really <laughs> handsome, you know, old guy with stubble yeah. and women love me. I'm going to be the, you know, foil for some But now character. we're just going to
0: throw a mask on him the whole time. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Next up, if you didn't know, the Supernatural mockumentary series and movie, What We Do in the Shadows, actually does have a spinoff show that's been airing for some time. Mm-hmm. It's called Wellington Paranormal and it's finally being brought to the U.S. Uh, it's going to air on the CW and be available for stream the next day on HBO Max.
2: Oh, well, yeah.
3: Cool. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so oh, well, well, watch that on HBO Max. Yeah, Wellington
0: I mean, Paranormal uh, is actually about some of the cops from the movie and it's them dealing with, like, dealing werewolves with and with vampires. Like, shit. It's right. It's them, like, being like, what, why is all this weird stuff
2: happening? I mean, these cops are just like, we never have problems with the werewolves. They're, they're so polite. They, 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 they're they werewolves. They on they, things a lot. They though.
0: don't even swear. <laughs> That's true. They don't. So, yeah, if you love what we do in the shadows, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Neil Gaiman posted about this recently because he's like, I've wanted to talk about this show to people forever, but nobody would have any idea what I'm talking about because mm. it airs on the BBC. Nobody else knows this show exists. Yep. There's an entire spin-off to what we do in the shadows that has 3 full seasons that
2: nobody has seen. Welcome to me talking about Letterkenny like 4 years ago.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I could absolutely see that.
2: I
3: remember what, having a conversation with you like, about Letterkenny I was like what the about? fuck are you talking about? And then you're like, "Just watch it." And I went, "Fine." And then <laughs> since then I've been obsessed. I love you (laughs) that is definitely
0: one of those shows that I I tend to recommend to people now Mm -hmm. I can't recommend it to everybody but no but
2: (laughs) it's a certain type of humor where you're like dude okay so hidden gem
0: (laughs) yeah do watch this Uh, Let's see here. Oh, if you wonder what game devs are going to be doing on Friday, March 26th, look no further. The CEO of a Japanese VR technology company noticed that quite a few of his employees were taking the day off, presumably to play Monster Hunter Rise. Mm -hmm. So in a formal announcement, he said, March 26th will be the release date of Monster Hunter Rise. And since it is expected that we will not be able to concentrate on our work, I will be making this day a Mon Hun Vacation. Uh, So we took the plunge and we did this. We received words of thanks and appreciation from our employees for giving them the day off. Adding to that, he said, by the way, the executives are still expected to come in and work that day.
2: Uh, this sounds nice. like the
0: complete opposite of anything you would ever hear about an American development company. Yep. I yeah, gotta no, be
2: honest And we so, fired all of you. <laughs> right? If I was one of those executives, I'd be like, fuck you, And playing Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. But like, you would hear like the opposite of that in America. Oh, it would, it would yeah. Be, it would be like,
0: all the executives like, took the day off to play Monster Hunter while we all slaved for 12. Oh, no, nights.
2: that's exactly what would happen. They'd notice like, oh, like 13 people out of our like 50 person department took the day off today. Oh, what happened? Video game came out. Cancel that shit. Tell them they need to come into work what's that game they're playing I'll take that day off and play it yeah, yeah pretty much that seems interesting yeah that that's that. welcome to America
0: we spend so much time talking about bad game development news oh, and I know man. this was like the silliest <laughs> stupidest game development news but I had to put it in here because I needed this moment of levity yeah it's wonderful because it's so, hor- whenever you say a game dev studio did something, it's like the most tragic news ever. Who touched who? Yeah. Like, who's like being laid off this week? Yeah. Like, it's
2: horrible. Oh, Bobby Kotick laid off more people? Oh, How much more? <laughs> so oh, Todd my- Howard opened his mouth? Shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> but here's this like little Japanese
0: VR studio that's just like, all of you guys are off today with pay. Go play Monster Hunter. I'll oh, see man. you on Monday.
2: I might need to f- I need to find out when that comes out for PC because I'm taking the fucking day off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe you'll get lucky and our company will give us the day off. They might. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll ask Brian.
0: Uh, let's see here. It was announced this week that the cult classic Shin Megami Tensei 3's HD remake is finally coming to the U.S. and it will be launched on May 25th. It will retail for $50 on all platforms, and the $70 edition will net you new characters, four new uh, background music packs, the Mercy and Expectation map packs, and the Merciful difficulty setting.
2: Which one is this one? Which Persona?
0: So this is Shin Shimigami Tensei, oh, Tensei, which is where Persona okay. comes from. Right. Um, this was Shimigami Tensei 3, which is the one that most people remember it for. It starred Dante. Dante was a character that you could find in the game.
3: Uh, this was a I, cross- I It was a crossover between
0: Capcom and Atlas, mm-hmm. and the dude like on the cover had like neon bars on his skin and. Um, Shin Megami Tensei is definitely the harder of the two series. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a little more grindy. Uh, a lot of the base mechanics are the same as Persona, but you don't have a lot of the you don't have the social element to it. It's it's a narrative that is based purely around combat, and it is considered one of the hardest games out there no. when it comes to the, the Shin Megami Tensei series. But it's a cult classic that people have been wanting a remake of for a long time, and they were really hoping they'd still be able to get the remake with the inclusion of Dante. Uh, because the game can be played without him in it but it's definitely um adds a very different element for him being in there they managed to get the approval from Capcom again Dante's back in the game and yeah so I'm looking forward to this I'm probably to probably get it on like the switch or something yeah I probably won't grind it the way that I do persona but yeah. it's still I never got the chance to play this because by the time I got around to that interest of like persona and Shin Megami Tensei that game was already selling for way too much money ah, like, yeah like it was just it was already it, one it was of the aftermarket games yeah, definitely yeah. An aftermarket game so oh, let's see here oh Marvel's announced a new book called William Shakespeare's Avengers the Complete Works it's going to reimagine all four Avengers films as plays written by Willie Shakes himself Ooh. keeping the same meter and verse and stage directions that one would expect it will be released on September 28th
3: like so um, many English teachers are really happy right now I bet they are. I,
2: that's gonna be so much fun. And I love when they do stuff like this, because i it, every once in a while, especially once I got into comic books, a few friends of mine would send me stills from like ridiculous comics of the past that they just had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like, a single panel or just, like, a single page with a bunch of panels. And I'm reading through it going, what the fuck is this story? What is going on? And it's just out of context. And that is going to be amazing for this. Like, they would send me, like, diatribes by Groot and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, here's Groot, like, giving, like, a sermon. And it's like, right. whoa, what the fuck is this? So th- that is going <laughs> like, to be amazing. Like,
0: how is Groot going to translate for Shakespeare? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I love this because I know that all, all of us watch the – uh, little documentary they did on Disney Plus about, like, uh, the Marvel's cultural influence. Yeah. And at the very end, there was an episode where they talk about how Marvel released a series of uh, one-act plays uh, for high schoolers that was, like, the schoolgirl play or the Miss Marvel play to really get kids engaged in theater by using superheroes. Mm-hmm. And, like, as somebody who... I I was an English major, and I really did not like Shakespeare.
2: Yeah, I mean... You either, if you, prefer, I feel like. He's
0: very as, much, as, he's beaten into you in high school.
2: Yeah. And as people who, as a person who loved doing theater stuff, you know, when I was younger, I feel like. Having to do Shakespeare over and over and over and over again does beat it into you to the point where you're like, yeah, I love this because it's fucking in me. It's part of my brain now. And
0: I didn't get to do theater until college. Mm -hmm. So, like, by that time, I was like, please, I don't want anything to do with Shakespeare. I had four years of that in high school. Yeah, it's hard to read. It's real hard to read. But if you were like, but you're going to get to do The Avengers, but it's Shakespeare. I'm like... Oh, sign oh, me the fuck me up. put me
2: on that stage. Do not make me the prop guy, though.
0: <laughs> like, I will take the role of Iron Man in a minute. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> Who would you want to play in a Shakespeare Avengers play? Uh,
2: uh, Loki. Cause, cause you play Loki? Because c- he's already, it, it, first it of all, translates. I make a great Loki in general. But second, just like, he's already pretty Shakespearean, so it's going to come across way hammier. And oh, my he God, he's, he's, the audience I want to see Tom Hiddleston do this. Yeah, yeah. Please, would somebody get watch. him on the phone and would be like, watch.
0: here's Shakespeare Avengers. We want to see you do this. Mm-hmm. Ham it up. Yeah. Tony, who would you play? Thor. Think you'd play Thor? Yeah. Okay, I can see he already that doesn't much. use contractions. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, to- I'm torn between either Iron Man or Star Lord. Mm. I think those are both excellent. Although if it, although it says in here the four Avengers movies, if you're giving me that option, I only have one choice: mm. Thanos.
2: Yeah, Thanos and I could play a fucking Thanos. Yeah,
0: my years and years of being obsessed with them, No, that's that's my acting opportunity right there. Make me fucking Thanos. Hell yeah!
3: All right, but I wanted to see them do like other other writers versions of this where you get like neil simon's like four versions of the avengers movies mm-hmm. so just to i want to see his versions like I, I, let's get some neil simon plays of avengers <laughs> that would be fucking weird and then like imagine if they just like did four musical versions where they get like the whole like, there's like oh, the, snap, God. The, snap, the snap the snap no you just get you, you get the andrew
2: lloyd Webber, like impossible oh, notes. Oh. Yeah. That would be so bad. Uh, maybe also, we
3: should just stick to only Shakespeare. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe uh, I we went too far. When
0: you get to Andrew Lloyd Webber, it gets too far. Yeah. To uh, also in Marvel news this week, Marvel has cut ties with Diamond Distribution and will have their comics distributed to comic book shops via Penguin Random House. Wow. Uh, last year, DC cut ties with Diamond as well, leaving a lot of people wondering what's going to happen to this once monolith of a distribution group.
2: Yeah, what are they what are they still distributing? <laughs> maybe maybe Diamond make, should start... Like tops, playing cards, oh, if that's yeah. a
3: thing. Yeah. I mean, but I think maybe as a distribution company, because they're the ones printing it, and distributing it, and doing all that. Maybe they should just get in the indie comic space and start printing more indie comics they're then. Gonna, they're going to have to at this they're gonna, point. They're going to have to pivot somehow, They may
0: still have image. I don't know. I, that's me speaking out of anger. It's I don't mm-hmm. know if they do or not. But I mean, the, t- the big two just left Diamond Distribution. Yeah. And well, the, the when, sound...
3: Within 90% of your fucking... Or not 90%. When... Good sixty percent of your comics base—they're the ones who created DC and Free Comic Book Day. Just left? Oh, really? They
0: created Free Comic Book Day. That was oh. their invention. And in fact, like six months ago, um, I thought
2: that was one of the major. They they studios. asked
0: uh, DC how they were going to handle Free Comic Book Day mm-hmm. because it was a Diamond distribution process, mm. and they were very like cool about it. Actually, Diamond was like, "Look, we're not going to be distributing their comics on Free Comic Book Day, but they are more than welcome to participate in our program." Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of like those two companies are about to take back Free Comic Book Day for themselves.
1: Like,
2: Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, if everything's gonna go digital, which it, you know, mostly is, I mean, there's a place to pivot there, especially with indie comics. Mm-hmm. I feel like a good platform to throw indie comics onto would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And Free Comic Book Day is probably gonna end up, it d- should, especially if everything goes digital, end up being a lot like and I hate to use this example because I hate them so much, but the Epic Game Store mm-hmm. because they will literally just give a game away every month. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, here's a free game. It's whatever we decide it is. Sometimes it's a big thing that everyone wants and sometimes it's I something stole, you should check out.
0: I still am um, very much all about Free Comic Book Day because that is a day that while we as collectors and fans like to go up there and get free comic books, mm-hmm. what it's specifically supposed to do is drive new readership into right. the comic book space. They specifically print comics that are like Like, if you watch this year's Avengers movie, here's a comic book that is related to that that is free to get you into reading comic books, Mm. which drives business to comic book stores, which we here in Austin are big fans of. Big fans. So, but it wouldn't be a week if we didn't have something to talk about Blizzard related. According to sources in the industry, Activision Blizzard is looking to close some publishing offices in Europe and lay more people off. This is because more people are, quote, increasingly choosing to connect with our games digitally. What? So basically, As opposed to what? Activision Blizzard is saying, like, be- because these are publishing studios and uh-huh. they're publishing games physically, more people are buying their shit online. So we're just going to lay a bunch of people
3: off.
2: Okay. Okay. So these are the people responsible for, like, the European know, game publishing. box art and, like, disc pressing. Right. Okay. Or any sandwich. of the
3: in-store giveaways or any of the millions of other corporate yeah. add-ons
2: that they do with every
3: other company to put in artwork for a thing to do a thing. I mean, this actually does really suck, but there it, it are sucks, places but for these people to move within the games industry to work similar positions?
2: I hope so, but honestly, this is... And, like, I hate to side with Activision on anything ever, but those people were going to have to go away eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... They when was are, the last
0: time you bought a Blizzard? Physically bought a Blizzard title?
2: They uh, physically bought a video game. They are blockbuster. Those people are the blockbuster of jobs. They need to figure something out. Mm-hmm. They need to pivot to a new market. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be the last blockbuster. <laughs> well, no, I mean
3: that's something that we do have to discuss at some point. As uh, is the death of certain job markets. Yeah, I mean because we I mean think about it's the travel agent. It mm-hmm. is those old jobs that. There's no point. Why? Are, why is this a thing? It's, yeah. This isn't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And we, as a society, have to go. Okay. Well, now we've got a fuckload of people that aren't a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Yeah. And. How can we move those jobs into something else? Maybe like, you know, solar energy or something instead of digging for oil. I'm just saying maybe we should just pivot to some other ideas. The answer
2: is we shouldn't all have to work for a living or die. I mean, capitalism blows is the the solution. Uh, I think we need more
3: children in mines, apparently. (laughs) Okay, so let's round out the week with a couple pieces of
0: happier news. First off, Scott Pilgrim is coming back to theaters on April 30th. Oh, my God. According to Edgar Wright, this has been in the works for a very long time. Uh, they got a lot of the gang back together to do a remaster of the of the audio for mod- modern Dolby setups, mm. and he went on to say that, yes, they are working on a 4K Blu-ray version of the film, sure. but that's still to be announced at a later date, because they're really trying to take their time and care and make like a definitive Scott Pilgrim edition, mm-hmm. but... On April thirtieth, you can go watch Scott Pilgrim in the theaters with enhanced audio.
2: I get my second vaccine on the fifth, so I'm going to go do that <laughs> because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It is
0: definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. I will have just gotten my second dose, so I'm sadly not going to go to the theaters and see it because I'm trying to just
3: wait out that wait extra. out that two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Now this is the now I got to find <clears throat> the the theater that has the best audio in Austin. Probably Alamo. It's pro- it's probably, yeah, but like which one of those probably can... slaughter
2: because it's newest, maybe. I don't know, yeah. Which one Hopefully. has a
3: really good audio system, so I can go listen to the slightly better <laughs> version of I a don't movie? care. Two, you know, two, like... two songs that
2: I would bang I in say, some like... trash can headphones, <laughs> right? Like, like <laughs> jumping around my apartment, fucking
0: Envy Adams alone, <laughs> like damn. that whole oh. fucking number. Like, come yeah. on, Black Sheep. I will be so jealous for everybody that's going to go see Scott Pilgrim, but at least I'm hoping that those of you who are going to go see it are going to be doing it safely,
3: well, please. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to be doing it in your room alone. So. I, that's when I watch Scott <laughs> hey, Pilgrim. It's yeah. mostly in
0: my room alone. It's a pants optional place, and yeah. I can just enjoy it. Uh, finally, if you're a fan of the National Treasure movies, there's... Uh, been announced a 10 part series based on them Uh, it was just greenlit for disney plus okay according to sources the series will explore the timely issues of identity community historical authorship and patriotism it's going to focus on a new character named jess morales a 20 year old girl who sets off on an adventure with her friends to find lost treasure and uncover the secrets of her mysterious family
3: history this is something that I've been re- like been waiting on for a while because they've announced a tie-in with the uh, the movies a while back when they announced Disney Plus they said hey we're going to be doing a, um, a, a thing with National Treasure and everybody kind of went sure you are because that's an abandoned series well they've been talking know. about a third movie forever and well, yeah because yeah, those movies did well yeah well and and, and they
2: were good they were did
3: well and they were good but they don't fit within the World that Disney had created at that point for itself. Yeah, and no one's making Indiana Jones movies right now. And they're Indiana Jones movies. They, yeah, That is an aspect to mm-hmm. why it went away. With the new creation of the Jungle Cruise and how they are also doing a series going through some of the... Um, Founders of this mystical uh, arts thing for all of that's part of Disney lore, Mm -hmm. which is made up because they're now making up this lore within it that fans have kind of thought about for a long time. There's a reason I'm bringing up both of these; is because they can now tie these in. They've been trying to find a way to get National Treasure to be part of something that isn't super America pro centric post 9 11. -hmm. What it was, Right. right? It was Indiana Jones. Post 9-11. it was Indiana Jones about <laughs> well, the United and, 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 States and, 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 and yeah, like was, the founders. Well, yeah, and. it was this super, but it was it was pushing on that nationalism but, thing but that we were having. Let's
0: think about this for a minute because, like, if if we're going to dive down that rabbit hole, the main characters the main character's name is Jess Morales.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and no. if,
0: if we're and discussing what? what it means to be patriotic in identity mm-hmm. and community in a modern American society. And you're Latino, like that takes on a completely different. Yep. No, it it
2: sounds like they're doing a completely different tone. Just to to back up what Tony was saying is the first two movies, while they are good, and it's some of Nicolas Cage's like best work. By the way, okay. First off, every work of
0: Nicolas Cage is great. The.
3: Fine. Okay, not Writer. <laughs> I'm going to watch Jiu-Jitsu on Netflix I'm about tonight, to watch jiu as well. And, um, I'm probably going to have to disagree. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this
2: So so, so, right, right. But, but back on track real quick. Um, so the the thing about those two movies as much as I enjoy them is that they're a little bit like the world you go into in Bioshock Infinite they're really jingoistic <laughs> they are all about this country and how amazing it was and how brilliant the founders are that they created these Rube Goldberg like mm-hmm. maze museums to find secrets. there's a lot of treasure. American dick stroking in there yeah a whole bunch and I and so Not bringing up the whole like cave system that they created would have used a lot of fucking slaves right. so, so I so when you said more National Treasure, I was like, on board. When you said 10-part series, I was like, super off board. There's no way that they're going to do anything interesting with that. Then you said on Disney+, Plus, I was like, back on board? And yeah. I think you would
0: have actually watched the video on Twitch of us me saying this, (laughs) and you can watch your expression (laughs) change as I talked about this. Probably,
2: because (laughs) based on your description of it, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. it should be interesting and yeah Disney Plus needs more content keep shoveling it out it is good so far
0: and I think it's really fascinating if they really if they take the risk and really do try and deep dive into what it's like to be Latino American and mm-hmm. what that means for you in terms of patriotism and your place within society and there's a there's a lot of big things and normally if this was five years ago I'd be like they're not gonna take that risk no. but I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier this yeah. last week mm-hmm. and they are willing to take a they're, they're taking some risks,
1: risks. Yeah, like, they're absolutely like taking Falcon and the Winter
0: and Soldier them. is like yeah, we're going to talk about how horrible like white people are to black people in New Orleans. That's a thing that yep. actually happens. We're going to discuss it. I was like, oh, we are going there.
3: Mm-hmm. The with the change that Disney's being able to bring in with the creation of Disney Plus, uh, knowing that it isn't Disney Channel, where their target audience had to be. Mm-hmm. PG right. literally till mm-hmm. 10 p.m. And after that, the shit channel didn't have to exist because no kids were watching. Right. Right. It was not meant for adults versus online streaming, which you would need to have a variety of mm-hmm. subject matter mm-hmm. and you can discuss different topics. They're still leaving Hulu for adult stuff, off ideas, like the, the, the like When we start getting into things, hard R territory. Yeah. We, yeah, when you start getting into things that aren't Disney related, yeah. but with the creation of... Uh, national treasure going on the where we were hoping it was going to go. Well, we still hope that Nicolas Cage is involved somehow. Uh, I do yeah. like this idea of young. It's still too early. Yeah, it's still it's, it's too early. Still early. But it's it's youngifying, adding in this these kids going on adventures to discover what true America means yeah. or whatever based on a international idea, mm. and then you have the. Jungle Cruise thing doing starting its international kind of idea along this fantasy realm idea of it. Mm. These are two properties they couldn't do shit with until they. I'm sat you, down with a all, bunch of writers and said, figure out a way to make. This all they work. need
0: to do is fucking Luke Skywalker. This bullshit. All they need to do is make ten episodes of an amazing National Treasure show, and then an after-credit scene. Nicholas Cage walks in, and everybody's like, "Season that's two what, now." That's literally yeah. what I'm going that's all this. they yeah. have see, to see do. I you know. literally just
3: called the. You yeah, called that, the. That, that's the, all you absolutely <laughs> have to do, unless he, unless they announce his involvement. That's how. Se- yeah, the first that's exactly season. how it's going to go. All
0: right, so that's all we have for the news-ish. Stick around on the other side. We're going to be talking about a big change that Sony is making and spend a little bit of time getting into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Boss Room. Hey, adventurers. Welcome back to the show. This is the Boss Room, our main talking points for the podcast. Sometimes related to the news, sometimes not. Today's a special day. we're glad you're here with us. We're going to be doing a double feature, so you're going to be getting a both. A little bit of the news, a little bit of the not news. So starting things off, Sony announced that they are going to be closing down the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita stores this summer. Now, it's easy to look at this headline and go, well, old games are old, I don't care. But there are two big factors that we need to consider, so let's discuss these. The first one is is that there are a lot of titles out there that were digital only. And while old, this was the only way to get them. Closing an entire storefront means you are removing titles from the public eye forever, and that's a pretty scary thought.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, the and, and this is because it's the Vita, right, and the, the PSP. And they were designed with a little bit of, uh, you know, internal storage that you could put games on mm-hmm. and you had to buy an incredibly expensive, SIM flash card. Yep. It was like, I don't know, 250 Well, the, the Vita, absolutely. PSP was cheaper. It was just right. an SD card. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I mean is like, yeah, you, there were a lot of games that you could get only digitally. And that was a pretty novel thing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I know you couldn't do that on any of the Game Boy stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, the only way to get these games from now on, once the store closes, will be through piracy.
0: Piracy, and some of them are available on PlayStation Now, but mm. not all of them. Right. right? This, there's a handful of these titles that will be pulled off from the digital store that will be on PlayStation Now.
2: Mm-hmm. And I know that Sony just doesn't want to pay to have them up there anymore because no one gives a shit, but there needs game companies need to find a way... Or a place to stash shit like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend GOG myself. I was e- literally about to say this is like a place that's e- good e- for old games. I wonder who it could be. Like like even for Sony, like if they took all of their like forgotten classics and air quotes. Use that if you do this, Sony, by the way. Please do. Forgotten Sony classics and just throw up a section on GOG that's like everything you just can't get anymore. Let them fucking host it. But I mean, think about this. Yeah, let them I mean, pay for the it's easy to Why be not? like,
0: "Hey, let's just go ahead and and put this game on GOG." But contractually, there are some games that just can't do that. That's true. And some of these game developers don't even exist anymore. It's yeah. literally if you buy that game on that store you get the game and like some dude who owns the license gets paid for it.
2: Right. And let's not forget you can't just play a PSP game on GOG. You can't. Right. It, it, you need uh, a P, uh, you know like a, a PSP emulator at that point and th- that doesn't exist as a legitimate product. You no. have to just sure. get and, that it, through. Sure. One software. thing that I
0: will bring up specifically here that is one of the most important things to talk about especially because we're about to have a fucking Final Fantasy 7 episode mm-hmm. in which that episode I am pretty sure for 50% of the episode I'm going to be talking about a game called Crisis Core. <laughs> that game is a PSP exclusive, and mm-hmm. you can buy a physical copy of it, but PSP games, the value is going up on those. Oh, yeah? I can go play Crisis Core because I own it, and I own a PSP. Other people will not get that option. This is a definitive PlayStation title, a specifically a Final Fantasy VII spinoff mm-hmm. that. Completely influenced the Final Fantasy VII remake that we are all playing right now. Yeah, and 15. And we are losing a piece of history because you will not be able to go into that storefront and buy it. Yeah. That is
2: problematic. It really is. I mean, imagine if this had happened to Seven instead. Right. Right? Like, what would we do? Even though, like, now we have, you know, so many games influenced by that thing, but people are going to want to go back. And see the original thing. Imagine if someone closed the storefront and we just kind of, like, lost. And I, I don't mean to make this comparison outright because I'm sure Crisis Core is good. But mm. imagine if someone's storefront went down and we just lost Shakespeare. Right. Right? It was like, no one reads it anymore. No one gives a fuck. And maybe even that that's true. Willie
0: shakes gone.
2: Willie Shake's gone. Like, you just can't buy that anymore unless you pirate it, you dirty pirates. Mm. But... At that point, think about what else we're losing. We're losing the source material for so many incalculable uh, uh, references. Uh, There's so many inspirations done by a single thing. The way we do theater, the way we do dialogue, the way we cadence our stories the way we edit our things to be like meanwhile elsewhere rather than and then all of that comes back to like influence from shakespeare Mm -hmm. storytelling in general goes back to him and to like lose that would be like oh he's gone and no one listened to him fine but then if you need to know why we do things we're fucked Mm -hmm. and when you're talking about crisis core and how much influence it had on the final fantasies that came after even though it was on a uh handheld device like that's what I'm worried about mm-hmm. like that is constantly what I'm worried about mm-hmm. what if we buy this same thing lose the first Fps to have a certain mechanic mm-hmm. right it, even though it's in all the other ones now like we need to know where that came from right
0: what are you thinking about Tony you've been you've been deep in thought about
3: this um yeah I I, I mean Sony if, if Sony is the one that outright owns the rights to these games then it's their prerogative to do whatever the fuck they want with those mm-hmm. titles. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's these third-party companies that have these games and they're not giving a shits and they're no one's... If they, obviously, the money's, what I'm trying to say is the money's not there, then shut the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And it sucks to say that, but why keep something afloat whenever sure. it's not bringing in enough net revenue, sure. whenever mm-hmm. you can make something else new, or take those properties that have been sitting in a digital PSP library thing that have been locked into a contract with those companies or whatever, and then maybe you're, maybe they're working on something else is what I'm trying sure. to eventually get to. That they're gonna work on a library that is the Sony library, where you can just find all your games in an emulation thing. I'm thinking long-term for that. Sure, like Not immediate
2: I think, fix. I think library is correct. I think what we need is a much shor- shorter and better controlled life cycle on public domain. When it comes to video games, there needs to be a point where this code is free now. Cause y- maybe it's, y- y- you are done making I, money. I, I off think,
0: of it. I think uh, the most logical way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm incorrect, but as somebody who spends most of my free time studying video game history, mm-hmm. um, it's a weird hobby. I love it though. Yeah. Um, I feel like if your company expires for whatever reason, so mm-hmm. I'm going to use a, an extreme example here. Right, Sunsoft, okay, NES Group, right? Mm-hmm. They were an NES developer. They made one of the best Batman games ever to exist, mm-hmm. the NES Batman game. Amazing music, difficult as balls. Yep, but nobody can publish that game because nobody knows where the fucking rights are to it. And they've it's got super the code. Cool. They, it's there. It's it's ready to be had. It's mm-hmm. ready to be put out there. But because Nobody, the, because the company doesn't exist Nintendo anymore. Could
3: put it into their store and would. make money off of this tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. If yeah, right.
0: You mm-hmm. could put that shit up for twenty bucks. I shit you not, and all of us would buy it because it was that good. Right. And but because Sunsoft doesn't exist, and like some dude out in Abu Dhabi has the license for it, mm-hmm. we'll never see that because he doesn't know what he has. He just he bought it, and that's and he's his head in the sand. Right. There should be an expiration date on if your date. company doesn't exist anymore. The code becomes public domain, yep. and we can put it out there.
2: Yeah, and maybe I mean, there is like if a company, yeah, and if a company goes down, they say like we're donating all of our code to the Library Association of yeah. America. It's available there if you want to study our code, if you want to play our games. Visit your local library, mm-hmm. like a kind of like a uh, we need we need like a GitHub for like game code. Pretty much, mm-hmm. so people can like look at the changes. Yeah, or- because someday someone's gonna be like, "Oh, regenerating health systems." I wonder how that worked, like way, way back in like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah. They say from like. 2053 right before the world ends yeah and they're like i need to go back and look at that they need to have a place to go do that since activision has been you know destroyed and, 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 and
3: an interesting uh, idea of that it's uh is halo's code because it's mm. been remastered recently mm. they literally used the code and the notes within the code to make sense of what they were doing because people had made comments within the game's yeah. overall code so people could understand things for the future that they've finally went back and found and they were like oh shit that's how this was made yeah so let's not forget there's
2: things. a there's a really really good example of this happening right now in the news it is um, and this is mostly on the publisher but there is a version of ninja gaiden about to be released that is like ninja gaiden one ninja gaiden two bam bam the 3d games yeah yeah the the, the yeah the, the original xbox games yeah. you know the the, the badass ones And you know they're making a collection, they're gonna release it, it's gonna be great. And what they recently found out is they're using Ninja Gaiden Sigma one and Sigma two. Now these were the ones released for PlayStation three. There were some improvements made to them and they were kind of shifted around because there were a lot of Xbox models Mm. in the original Ninja Gaiden uh, for Xbox that they kind of turned into just like either PlayStations or controllers or Mm. like something, whatever it was. They have to use the Sigma versions, which a lot of fans weren't super happy with because they don't have the original code for Ninja Gaiden one and two black because the source code is just gone. They didn't see yep. any reason to preserve it and they just can't find it anymore. Yep. Guys, it's gone. It costs like nothing well, for like grab and a hard is, drive and keep yeah.
1: it.
0: Video game conservation, and this is something that I'm very much an advocate for, video game conservation is very important to me. Um, because it's the one thing that like Is basically something that has happened within my lifetime. Right. Like, I've watched the evolution of video games over the course of my lifetime. I had an Atari 2600. I had a Nintendo. I watched all of this. So I get to study this history with both a sense of nostalgia mm-hmm. and understanding the importance of keeping that history alive. And so when I think about video game conservation, I think about things like good old games and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like when they bring out like X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, I'm like, yes, somebody got the code and we can do it. But then we see things like, you know, oh, we're going to do the Silent Hill Remastered collection, which was a goddamn travesty. Yeah. But if you learn about the history of that game, game being made they said you you guys don't realize we lost source code and there's an it's, it's entirely possible to bring this back around but when we're talking about this playstation store shutdown we will have games that we will just have lost source code for
2: yeah yeah as you know as if we lost you know a, a song like we lost all the music to the song and no one no, no one knows yeah like what, if, what if we uh, one all hum it was. but like no yeah. one knows exactly what it is what if are? one day we right. just lost
0: hey jude right
2: yeah, right. it's like, oh, we don't have the original sheet music. What the fuck do you mean? Where is it? Yeah. It's, it's just gone. Yep. So does everyone remember it? We're going to try. We hope yep. so. Yeah. Yeah, I think... And, and just to fight back a little bit to a lot of the points we we're making about how it's so easy to just buy a hard drive. It's not... That's simple, simply because for every game whose code you back up, you 100% have to back up the tools you use to mm-hmm. access that code. Yep. I'm talking libraries and everything else because that shit changes over time. Nobody codes in a lot of engines anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to also back up the tools that you would use to run that thing. But now you have another problem. Let's say we're talking about a game like one that's coming out soon. Um, what is that? that I just. I just misplaced the name. Old PlayStation game. uh, um, It's like fucking New Orleans man, but he's like, you know what I'm talking about. You sent me the link. Shadow Man? Yes, thank you. Shadow Man. Yes. Uh, So
0: so Shadow Man is getting an HD remaster. Shadow
2: Man is getting an HD remaster. But think about all they had to preserve to even still have that. Because once you run into the problem of also... uh saving the tools that you use to operate the game and you know load the sdk and the libraries and everything else so that you can remake the game and have it work somewhere else Mm -hmm. what if it doesn't run on the current version of windows what if nothing you do can make it run on the current version of windows are we now backing up the game code the tools and the os it's running on Mm -hmm. what patch and why It, it it is so difficult to well, first of all to, to your, this to your stuff. point
0: there when we talk about this, the the three stores are closing down is the PlayStation Three store, mm-hmm. the PSP store, and yeah. the in the Sony uh, Vita store. Mm-hmm. Now the PSP. And the Vita store is a little bit flexible there in terms of operating system, right? But when you talk about the PlayStation Three, PlayStation Three runs on its, a very specialized hardware, yeah. which it was n- notoriously hard to program for,
1: mm-hmm. which and means
0: emulate. and and oh, there's a reason why, emulate. which that's is why, why, there are why no emulators <laughs> still, right? Which is why people say like, oh well, why doesn't the PS4 just have backwards compatibility for the PS3? The architecture of the PS3 was so vastly different than what was being produced at the time; it was so difficult to program for that emulating it is. Damn near impossible,
2: yeah, yeah. That's why I mean, that's why everyone wanted a Demon Souls remake because yep. there wasn't just an emulator you could play that shit on. Yep, absolutely, or if it was, it ran like crap because, yep, because it's an emulator
3: that runs like crap because the art, the literally the hardware that they mm-hmm. created something on was so not the industry standard yeah. yep.
2: that. Let's not forget <laughs> most emulators <laughs> are made by fans, and most emulators are not only flawless, but also offer more features in the original hardware. Yeah.
0: So the second thing to think about, cause as we start to wind this topic down, is something that you may not even know. There are still a lot of indie developers that have been pumping out titles for the Vita even right now. I went on Twitter after this news announcement and watched game developers, indie Mm -hmm. game developers who are making Vita titles that were not just like, oh, I'm just making one for fun. Like Sony had sponsored to say, like, you're going to be on the front page of the Vita store that, you know, will produce your game and you'll be the front page news. And they all went, yeah, we didn't find out about this until this news announcement. We are halfway through the development of our game. And Sony just told us they're closing their store. What do we do? Uh, that's a problem.
3: That that yeah. I would suggest taking advice from anybody who still makes games for the NES or the, the like Master System or anything. Yeah, um, that's probably sorry, a- you're literally been making a game for dead hardware and you have to have known. So that.
0: so I understand where you're coming from on this Tony. Like, oh, it's dead hardware. Nobody buys Vitas anymore. Vitas They literally haven't been produced right. in years. But- you do realize that an indie developer right now can make a game for the Vita and make millions of dollars off of it because the people who are fans of the Vita will buy a new release as soon as it comes out. Cool. So, make, so, a
3: digital, make a physical copy of it now.
0: Well, while, yeah. There's while that one company okay, that n- does now that. You're
2: man, now you're manufacturing UMDs. Right. You're, you're now talking okay. they don't you're, you're helping have those anymore. You know, like the
3: environment making more plastic crap. They, yeah. they
2: don't have them anymore and all of the machinery that creates those is probably gone. Okay. Okay, this is... All right. <laughs> Random
3: idea. You know how, like, you can install... You can go to websites and shit on your Vitas and things, and you can install other hardware stuff on mm-hmm. there? Isn't there, and that's like, what it isn't has there, to like, be. Doesn't there have to be, like, a pirate well, the, store that, at this it, point? It, like, it, has it has to be. It has to be, has to be piracy. Not, that's a, the problem. A phony it means, store yeah. instead of a Sony store that you can go right. and... Put your you, game up on there and be like, download
2: and install two things. Sure, but that's what the studio's problem is: is that they were creating a game that they had the chance to make a lot of money off of. Now, if they find a way to get you into a you know website that realizes you're on a PSP and will deliver a game to your thing in that right package, so can and in the right package that so we can install, which isn't impossible. It, it mm-hmm. might actually be relatively face forward. They still have to charge for it, and mm-hmm. that's fucking piracy, and they could all go to jail for it. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. That's why I call yeah. it a phony store. Right. right? Yeah, you can't do that because the moment Anime. that store
0: exists, <laughs> yeah. Sony can be like, "We're suing all of you, and your indie studio just shut right. The fuck down." Right? And
2: their argument or, that you abandoned us in the middle of our project, and we feel like we need to recruit means something nothing from you. to You're your rights. Absolutely nothing to any judge on earth.
3: Yep. Oh, if you are again, this is on the i don't know exactly how the hardware works because again for me this is mm-hmm. it, it, hardware I, that I don't i don't really mess with i can i can help explain it is of there this. are <laughs> um i'm always treating this kind of like android and and uh, ios mm-hmm. where yeah you, they don't want you to install anything not from their app store but it's really not that hard to do that
2: yeah it's a good example because okay. when so, i first got my kindle right. i had to so like this, get the android this store is a, this it. is
0: yeah. excellent because i may or may not have a psp that is hacked mm-hmm. yeah and that is something. Like, is it physically hacked, or is it just like a software install uh, software. thing? Yeah, software. it's always. And that's software. the reason why I'm asking. Like, that, but that is something it, it, it that can be, I did. That I did not do until mm-hmm. after the, the store closed. Store down was got closed. The nudes, yeah, yeah. Like, that was something that I didn't do until it was not receiving updates. Any of that, mm-hmm. because if I went in right as of right now, went and tried to hack my Vita, there's a very good chance they will release a patch at end of life that will brick my Vita, mm-hmm. specifically targeting that thing. Yep. So. I don't wanna brick my Vita, obviously. Once it gets its
3: last software update sure. officially from Sony. Right. Mm.
0: But this doesn't do anything in terms of these multitude of games that were halfway through development. Right. And it's easy for us as people who are not game developers to say things like, Oh, well, you probably built it using Unity. Just program your game for a PC at that point. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's just a flip of a switch. By the way, as somebody who's who's currently learning Unity in game <laughs> development, I will punch you in the face. And I'm not even a game developer. I'm just trying to make a video game about my dead cat right now. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the hardest thing that I have maybe ever done.
2: Yeah, I was watching a video just earlier today um, where Digital Foundry was able to get uh, a, a source footage of a patch running on a PlayStation 5 um, because the hacking community for Bloodborne is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that has the game running at a perfect 60 FPS on a PS5. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. And the whole time they were talking about, well, what would it take to get this for real? It was like, well, From would have to do it and they it means they'd have to like get the original code loaded on maybe the original machines and start worrying about delivering this code to every person who owns bloodborne even though they haven't developed for this in a very long time like the libraries are out of date everything else Mm then they have to worry about the discrepancy between the ps5 and the ps4 because this doesn't run at 60 fps on ps4 or ps4 pro at all right so now they have to worry about different versions and that's more programming and even if they made it a simple toggle on off switch it would it wouldn't be able to work on a ps4 so they'd have to make sure it's off so on and so forth, it's not a single person job and it's not an easy task.
0: It's not just make it in 4K. Right, and
2: then this is literally Bloodborne, a game that came out last generation and is trying to make the frame rate faster on hardware that easily supports that. Mm -hmm. And like, this is no simple task. So making a PSP game now for PC sounds like starting from scratch. Yeah, absolutely. All right,
3: no, I'm not disagreeing with how hard it would be to pivot. To a different platform, which is why I was kind of going like, can they make their own online store thing that right. isn't sure. Sony approved yeah. to keep that community alive? And I mean, It'd be great. The, uh, no, maybe I, I, I agree with
0: you in concept, yeah. but legally that shit would be shut down in five seconds. Mm.
3: Like I, again, I'm not the lawyer part of that, but mm. as the fan community for all of these things continues to grow, there's always going to be a subreddit that explains or sh- like goes, sure. hey, sure. yes. We are the community for old PSP games. Mm-hmm. Yes, which the- currently is a subreddit, mm-hmm. and it's going to stay a subreddit, so I don't see a big problem of. They just those game developers just continue to talk to that same subreddit. Like, right. It's not... but,
0: the, but the problem that we're that we're talking about here is fundamentally developers that have actively spent time and money and energy working on products that they believed were going to be backed by Sony, promoted by Sony, mm-hmm. on the front of the Sony storefront, and now they're being told all this money, time, and effort that you've spent into making this game is now going to go away yeah. just I... because we have made the decision to shut the store down.
2: It's it's hard, man. It's I I don't know.
3: I don't. I don't. This is the capitalist problem of it that I I don't see. I'm like. I do not see a problem with this. This, Obviously, they were making a product, and that product went. Yeah, this is old shit that no one cares about. Because Sony finally figured that out, and they went, "Fuck," they figured it out. It says this is on. This is kind of on them to be like. You realize I get your idea was cool, and you wanted to do it on your favorite platform. That's not how you reach the mass market. Maybe make it available for the PS5, which is what you should have done to begin with, instead of this very, very niche thing. And I
2: get it. I get that people are fans of this shit. People do really like it. People still buy NES carts every day. They
3: do. They do. But it is a niche market. It is not 1% of any game market available is those people. Mm Mm-hmm. PSP owners slash people still buying them out of the let's go global game community are point zero 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 one percent They do not fucking matter. I'm
2: sorry. You uh, cannot.
3: Uh, when it comes to sales, you cannot have to care about that small of a fucking market.
2: Well, Sony doesn't. On an, Sony so Sony
3: is getting rid of that the thing that The people who been...
2: cater to those fans obviously do because they are fans just like their okay. fans who want to buy the games. Mm-hmm. Here's the major make problem with this. You while while, a while a you throw a giant shit pile of reality on the situation, let me just say that the easiest way to solve all of this would be for Sony to give just the tiniest bit of a shit. You're right, it is a capitalist problem because there's no money in giving a shit. But if we had a game company, and I'm looking at the super giants of the world that just respected themselves and the work of their former employees and future employees enough to say, maybe we should preserve some of this for the people who are still fans of it. If that means we don't get paid for it anymore and people are still getting it, that's fine. We don't see any profit in maintaining it anymore. So we're going to stop. But that means we're giving away our rights to it. Do whatever you want with it. That's all that would have to happen for any of these people to, for, for any of the companies to be able to just like, you know, it, it, gracefully let their products go into the public domain and let other people maintain them, which we know for a fucking fact, they are more than ready and willing to do. Mm. Cause there are still Diablo 2 servers. Right.
3: Yeah, it, the community is one of the aspects I was mentioning with the Reddit thing and that's mm-hmm. what I'm you're saying right. that's well, what, what I want is, is that commu- there's a very give easy it way, to the community
2: there's a very easy way to make this not illegal yeah. and that's literally to just be like okay we don't make money for yeah. this anymore this is go, go a, take yeah. it give it to the community give it to mm-hmm. the subreddit It's yeah. going to
3: give a shit about that .001% of PSP players that want to play new games Right, so but I have an even them.
2: further argument for this you know what they should do this with fucking Anthem release anthem dead into the public domain and let people just do stuff with it because the game's dead and they're gonna not make money from it anymore and yeah hold on to the right so they obviously they can make anthem too but anthem one yeah fuck it public domain Okay.
0: There's a lot of complicated issues here and we could probably spend another 45 minutes just discussing this particular topic. And I don't want to, cause I'm getting like really angry. Yeah. And like, if like we just give I, I'm about to get like really ranty angry about mm-hmm. it. And I don't want to do that here. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to calm the room room down and let's have a little bit of a discussion about one of the things we watched this week mm-hmm. which was the snyder cut of justice league
2: that's right we did i wanted All to in keep, one sitting.
0: i wanted to keep this a little more open-ended for the panel we don't have to talk about this for very long i do want to say before we get started we obviously will be talking spoilers oh yeah and also okay. i'm the only person on this panel that did not watch the original justice league so your mileage might vary on my opinion about this whole thing
2: Yeah, you got the better version. Where where would you like to start? And we'll go from there.
0: Uh, Why don't we start with my opinion first? since It's the unclouded one. True. Um, I watched this movie and for the first time, I won't say in a long time because I actually really did love birds of prey. Mm -hmm. um, I watched the DC movie and went, huh,
2: maybe one out of many.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. I have watched a lot of DC movies and I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, when it came down to it, I appreciate the fact that it was broken into segments. Um, I liked the fact that, you know, they were like, Hey, it's going to be a six, seven, eight part thing. And you get time for bathroom breaks and getting Mm -hmm. up. It was more episodic to me at that point. Yeah. Um, felt good. Um, there was a lot of it that I enjoyed. I thought the acting was great. I've honestly always been a fan of Ben Affleck as uh, Batman. Yeah. Um, I was one of those people that actually backed it from the very beginning only because I believe that Ben Affleck has the chops to pull off both the character of Bruce Wayne and Batman, mm-hmm. which are two separate
3: entities. I mean, Kevin and, Smith yeah. went on like fucking a like, um, hundred, like an hour and a half rant about that before even the idea of Ben Affleck being cast was actually a thing. It mm-hmm. yeah. was actually a whole oh, yeah. Him sitting on a stage, just being sure. fat and yelling, Um, <laughs> which he's not anymore. Yeah, uh, he's he still. Not- yeah, no, he's just he yelling. Um, yeah. So
0: <laughs> there was a lot of it that I loved as a movie. I felt that it was very cohesive. I was engaged. The time kind of flew by for me.
3: Like, yeah, like,
2: it didn't feel like four hours. Yeah, really like did. I got
0: to get up and like grab a snack and go to the bathroom and came back and, all right, let's get to the next part. And it was fine. So it was in 30-minute um,
3: episodes. We literally, yeah. every 30 minutes, got up and did something yeah, else. Well, and,
0: it, and I loved it for that. Um, I think that it, if the rest of the DC universe could have been that way, I would have just been like these guys are really doing well at competing against Marvel. Mm -hmm. That being said, with all the praise I can give to this movie, I do have to point out one thing that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And that was the fucking epilogue. (laughs) The epilogue of that fucking movie needed to not be in there. This whole, whatever this dystopian future is, let's put Jared Leto in it and fucking Batman with the goggles and shit. The movie was good. Then you put that epilogue in there and I'm like, well, this this it it wasn't bad to taint the whole movie for me, but it got really fucking close. <laughs> See, that's
3: the problem though. Zack Snyder has been working this entire time through all of the movies, good or bad, to get to this weird brown Batman in a duster. Future, And that's what his goal has been this entire time, is to get to that.
0: And if we thought there was going to be a Justice League 2, I might actually give it a little bit of like pass on that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're going to get there, but it's not a thing. No,
2: no, no, but but, but, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, Let me push back on that for a second. If you knew for a fact that there were going to be more movies in this series, you were going to get a Flash movie, maybe another Wonder Woman, a Cyborg movie... Um, maybe not a solo Batman movie. I don't think we need that. Maybe an Aquaman 2. Hmm. Um, and then we were going to get Justice League Dark Side, and it was all going to be set up through there. Would you not have appreciated that more? I the, probably the would. I probably would. Right. Because
0: at least I get to be angry about it right now and I probably would have been angry about it then too if I knew those facts. But at least I could say to myself, at least it's going somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? It's It's like... It's the whole. Yeah. It's the whole Thanos thing, right? right. We got these little hints
2: about. And that's about what Thanos. they were trying to do. That that's what that was for. Was guys, we yeah. really are going to do this. Yeah. I know that yeah, this, this is was the mostly movie that was supposed to come
3: out in two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. If this movie had come out in two thousand seventeen, that is the epilogue we would have seen in two thousand seventeen, which would have set up the idea for everything going after that. Mm-hmm. But that is 2017. Right. right, we watched this movie in 2021. But did, but did Snyder where... need to
0: include that epilogue, knowing for a fact we were not getting another Justice League movie? So
3: here's, or was this baby? Well,
2: that here's why was it this baby
3: that he had to finish telling that story.
2: Right. So we had like we've been getting glimpses of stuff like this right throughout the Snyderverse uh, as we've seen it, and. I think he wanted to cap it off because hopefully, maybe, if it does well enough, by the grace of God, they'll throw some more movies at him. And that's what he was really going for, I think. Not, like, yes, we got the whole, like, Zack Snyder really, really, and I do not say this lightly, gets to make exactly the movie he wants by just, like, throwing himself at the movie. Mm -hmm. Which, you know... Any fans of 300, whoop, whoop. you like, that's like, that's, that's what we want. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of Zack Snyder. And he had all the time in the world to get it done. It took him, like, all of quarantine. It took, like, an extra, what, like, 17 million dollars? It was or a ridiculous like amount of money. Re- I think it was more like 70. It mm-hmm. was, like, reshoots and everything else. A ton of CG work. Mm-hmm. Um, they essentially paid for this movie at least double because... They, they paid only... for this movie three times. Yeah. They yeah. paid for this mm-hmm. movie three times. And to be fair, in the end, they got something I actually enjoyed out of it. Um, here's the thing: took, that, took three times, but we got there. Right. So, so here's the thing that James doesn't know, and I'm going to start to get into is the we didn't cut.
0: Right, because I'm unfamiliar. So here's, with that one. here's the movie. I give it up on DC movies. by
2: Yeah. Right. So yeah. So, so here's the movie. Oh, question first: Did you see the theatrical or Snyder cut of BVS, Batman versus Superman? Uh, I watched the Ultimate Edition okay that's the Snyder cut which guy.
3: yeah you saw the Snyder you cut, saw the um,
2: actual the, 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 the actual version not the stupid half an hour shorter theater version and my walk
0: away still stupid and my walk away from that one was it was a bad movie that had a lot of potential that felt like studio interference ruined the movie
2: here's the thing yes it absolutely did but here's the thing that Snyder was going for the entire movie that makes a lot of sense if you think about Batman in any logical way. Batman sees Superman and a bunch of aliens tear a city apart from the ground, buildings falling around him, literally ground zero, 9, 11 style. But like, and I do not say this lightly, way, way, way fucking worse. And he's just in the middle of it trying to escape. Right. Then he looks at Superman and acts like a fucking psychopath for an entire movie going, "We need to fucking kill this guy we we I know everyone likes him, but we can't. we did y'all were there. Right. We can't. I need to be able to shut this motherfucker down instantly." So he acts like a psychopath for the entire movie, and then he's very upset that he got Superman killed at the end of Batman versus Superman. He's like, "Fuck, I did a bad this was this was bad. I'm a bad Batman." Mm-hmm. and like. Way more melodramatic, but that's what you get coming into the Justice League. Mm -hmm. Is Batman just ashamed as shit of him as a human being going, I saw a beautiful alien life, and my first instinct was to murder it, and I succeeded, even though it was God. Mm -hmm. Um, Fuck. (laughs) Uh, So... I don't know about you, but that, like, if you just murdered
3: God yeah, you have to, like the biggest fucking boner. So coming
2: into <laughs> Whedon's cut, that's why I play JRPGs,
0: man. Yeah, kill
2: God, get boner. You start that. You start <laughs> the, the movie going like, yes. <laughs> oh, so here is Batman starting the Whedon cut, and he's like super ashamed of what happened. And no, that's not what you get at all. You know what you get for two hours shorter than the movie was supposed to be? You get Joss Whedon jokes. You get. Batman making Joss Whedon jokes, you get Aquaman making Joss Whedon jokes, you get I saw every single character I saw except Cyborg, who is not allowed to talk, you get the people making Cyborg Joss Whedon jokes. When they were done making the movie, and I remember, saw, they had most of the- I need you to clarify
0: something, because I did see a picture online that was like... Uh, the Flash laying on top
2: of Wonder Woman at one point? Yeah, that's a Josh Whedon joke. No. That joke cost probably $24 million because it was reshot, it was re CG'd, and they had to like redo the sets, obviously, and the makeup and everything. I saw the picture
0: of it. I'm like, why does this exist in this movie?
2: Yeah, because, okay, so here's what is happened. Is it like
0: LOL Flashes on top of Wonder Woman? Remember whenever yes. he
2: fell down okay, so and stumbled running really fast? What you don't know is that in, this, uh, in, in the Whedon cut, the Flash is a buffoon. Yeah. He cannot keep his feet underneath him, and he trips constantly. He's bad at running. And Barry Allen, the Flash, is real bad at running, hmm. and they just—they don't do the speed forcing. They don't explain any of it. There's no time travel, even so much as reference. The Flash is fast, and he's bad at it. Is Whedon's version his of dad the Flash in, in it at all? No. <laughs> okay. I think he's in like the very beginning, and he tells a bad joke, and then there's no thing at the end of it. Like uh-huh. it is bad. <laughs> So, the everyone's story is bad in the Whedon version. So, anyway, the movie has no coherence. Let's not forget that Joss Whedon inserted a scene into the middle of the movie where Batman berates Diana for talking high and mighty, even though she is not a superhero. She's been in hiding. She doesn't fight. Where has she been this whole time? Mm -hmm. Now, that may sound reasonable, except... She literally stopped a crime at the beginning of the movie. She right. hasn't been in hiding. That's not a thing in this mo- in this universe unless you've only seen Wonder Woman and didn't bother to check. Mm-hmm. And then still inserted the scene Snyder shot of Wonder Woman fighting crime at the beginning of the movie and then forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, like, forget the fact that she was like, like, tracing through a mall in the eighties on every security camera known to man. But right. like, she literally stopped a crime days before he had that conversation with her, and he says shit like, "I've never seen you. I have never heard of you before until now." It's like, like, who but, wrote but, this but, shit?
0: But in Batman v Superman, doesn't he do research on her? Yep. Yeah,
2: and he says, "I the only thing That's I the could point the, the only picture. thing right the only thing I could find of you was a picture from World War II," is what he says to her. Right. And it's so uh, World War One. I erased all those uh, tapes from was the eighties. The didn't 80s they also her, interact with that versus
0: Superman, like very briefly? Yes,
2: very briefly. But she just kind of shows up after he's like, "Hey, I I think you're immortal. I found a picture that's totally you from a long time ago." And she's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and yeah, she's she's, like, "Oh, you captured my visage, right?" Which, yeah, the the whole thing makes no sense in the Whedon cut. But so here's the thing that happened: they they got most of the principal photography done. The CG was not done, but they had mostly wrapped on shooting. They were ready to come. Back and do research, uh, reshoots, and then Snyder suffered a very big personal tragedy. Stepped away from the project and went to go do life. They had the studio Warner Brothers was already talking to Whedon because they wanted to make their movies as impactful as Marvel bo- movies, and they thought that, that meant making them funnier. Mm-hmm. Grab the guy who did Age of Ultron. So, so grab the guy who puts jokes in movies about big stuff and have him throw some jokes in there. So Joss Whedon takes this already shot, already paid for movie, adds about $100 million to the budget, reshoots 12 scenes, and puts jokes in them. Mm-hmm. Bad jokes that do not land. The Flash doesn't know what brunch is for some reason. Like he's... He doesn't understand Brunch.
0: That's a, that's a line. That, 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 that's kid. a line.
2: He, he also <laughs> accidentally lays on Wonder Woman's boobs after, like, re- rescuing her. Like, you saw the Snyder Cut of this movie. Does Wonder Woman need fucking rescuing? No, no, not whatsoever. <laughs>
0: if anybody, if anything,
3: everybody's rescuing from Wonder Woman in this yeah, movie.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, she, uh oh, I, I don't know the how to talk about. The one
3: the same as him pushing the sword backwards. Yeah. Right, I, I, that I, is the which same cool. shot.
2: Well, well, yeah, no, she, she, he was helping. Because, yeah. Like, yeah, he she helped i fine without without it. So, I don't know. Like, when I talk about the the reason I liked this version so much, but I just started rambling about the fucking Whedon cut, is because there was always a lot of potential Mm -hmm. under that movie, too. Mm -hmm. And watching it, I was like, they destroyed this somehow. They destroyed this somehow, and I just can't see it. And watching the sniper. Something is
3: wrong and feels off, but the story was all over. There was this entire plot line that was interjected that didn't make any sense, Mm -hmm. like, at all. Right. Of this, the family that lived in the town right. where the the thing, where they <laughs> right. not Chernobyl. There's yeah. a whole plot line. Oh, yeah, so the, they're trying
2: to connect you to people because they were like, oh, there's no personal stories in this movie. So they shot a poor family, excuse me, I'm sorry, a poor family um, living at the edge of a, uh, yeah, like a nuclear disaster zone because they're poor and yeah. we need to feel sorry for them. But it feels the entire time you're watching it. Like something that was added on after the fact. Mm-hmm. Because it totally fucking was and there was no way to hide that. And look, not to be completely ungenerous to a guy who sounds like kind of an asshole, but Whedon probably didn't have a ton of time to make this good. Right. Uh he was just he, he was trying. But he did spend a hundred million dollars on like twelve jokes and made the movie horrible. I remember we were all sitting there
0: watching this. We were about not we win. were like uh <laughs> we were about it's half to two thirds of the country. way we were about half to two thirds of the way through the movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were sitting there, and you guys had been, you guys were like playing. The only comparison I have for this is like your drug checkup friend. Oh, like yeah. For when you're really high, he checks in on you mm-hmm. to like see how you're doing. Yeah, they that's they the comparison. Buddy. Right. So that was the whole thing. It's like I'm sitting there watching it for the first time, and you two are like checking up. I'm like, so what are you thinking? Yeah. What's going fair? on? Yeah. Are you okay? Are you? And I remember we were like halfway to two thirds of the way through the movie, and you guys were like, how are you doing? And I was like,
3: man, this cyborg story its really good. <laughs> and we we're like, yeah, that's yeah, new
2: really, to me. It's totally cool. It's it's like, first time we're hearing about it too. Yeah. yeah. Also, he doesn't look like hammered shit because they spent time on the CG. Same for Steppenwolf, by the way. Yeah. Can I say that Steppenwolf in the weed cut looks like someone did a bad Shrek version of like Liam Neeson and made him super tall? Like that it, he looks bad. He's not he's okay, wearing to be like fair, a fair,
3: he's still bad Liam Neeson with tall but now he's got metal worms not at all like, not he at still all looks a no bit
2: shit. no 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 put them side by side and tell me this one doesn't look i looked at that recently like it's like fat. like an alien steppenwolf and this one doesn't look like a bad cg actor who they didn't have time to do his face right mm. speaking of not doing faces right you've <laughs> never seen <All> the... <laughs> you've never seen the movie with the stash the the non stash the erased stash <laughs> from hell.
0: Oh, this was uh, Henry Cavill. Yes, Henry yeah, yeah.
2: Cavill, because he had to come back and do reshoots for Whedon. These are some of those reshoots, by the way. Mm-hmm. Was wearing a mustache at the time for Mission Impossible. And they're like, he really needs to shave that. They're like, no, we're in the middle of principal photography. He's <laughs> <You're> not <laughs> going to shave. Doing and that. they're like, we will literally pay you a ton of money and do all the CG for free if you let us CG a mustache onto him in your movie. And they're like, no, fuck you. We're gonna, we're gonna make you do the bad CG. Yeah. We're not getting the you bad CG. You do the CG. bad CG. This is Mission Impossible. You think Tom Cruise is gonna let us do any of that? So anyway, so when Whedon came to do the reshoot, he will play the mustache
3: like, if he has to. Tom Cruise will grow, yeah. like,
2: He'll become smaller. <laughs> Go up on
3: fucking Henry Cavill's face and be the mustache if
2: he must. And he would, too. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so the whole time they're trying not to show he has a mustache by like doing this horrible job of the CG. Again, I don't think Joss Whedon and the CG team had very much time to make this look good, but it looks distractingly bad in every scene that it's in. And it's really obvious which scenes have it and which scenes don't. Yeah. Um, uh, James, let me ask you a question real quick. In the Snyder cut, in the version you've seen, we find out about the mother boxes when superman dies at the end of batman right. versus superman his voice cracks across the earth mm-hmm. as he dies and one of the all one of the mother boxes just fucking ruptures mm-hmm. right and we're like oh fuck uh this is bad and superheroes begin to find out and they start to communicate out what's going on mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so on and so forth Batman finds out that was like, one of the
0: only things that I thought was kind of funny but that was like well, superhero funny right. so it was like oh his cry woke the boxes up
2: right but but here's the thing because in, book, in, yeah. in, in the Whedon cut we find out and we don't find out about the mother boxes we don't know what they do we don't know why there are three of them we don't know Here, we as the audience find out about the mother boxes because Batman this is the very first shot of the movie is hunting one of the night wraiths and he like captures him And the Night Wraith, when captured, explodes as a reaction to his fear.
1: And when
2: he explodes, instead of leaving a blood splat on the wall, he leaves three little squares. And Batman looks at him and goes, hmm. And the next scene, he's talking to Aquaman about how they need to defend Earth from the coming threat. I don't know what (laughs) to tell you about any of that. But that's the plot. that's (laughs) That's how the movie starts. I, 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 I <laughs> okay.
0: So we've spent a lot of time walking, talking a lot about the and cut of the film. <laughs> yeah. I've talked about my personal experience having only watched the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. We don't have too much more yeah, time l- l- on the me podcast, podcast just but we, we talk about why I, I like the Snyder I cut. I want you guys to dive into the Snyder cut now because you both have experience with both versions.
2: I did not. Okay. Very quickly, the aspect ratio really worked for me. Comparing them side by side, I notice obviously there's a little extra headroom in the shots, mm-hmm. and that's. Fine, that doesn't bother me. What bothers me is the same thing that bothers Tony and Falcon, is when they zoom in super close because they had to cut the aspect ratio and everyone's head looks like this. Yeah, it, it's the in, in certain close-up. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, weird thing to try to describe for head audience. Headroom or like no headroom. They're, 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 the top of their heads are cut off. We can't right. see anyone's hair in a lot of those shots. And that four by three framing makes for some epic comic book shots. And you mm. were saying the same thing while we were watching it. Mm. It's like fuck, that's a fucking comic book shot right there. Yep. And it's because the screen yeah. looks like a panel. If it was composed in sixteen by nine, it wouldn't look the same. Mm. You know, if you
3: actually, that is, if you look at the square aspect mm. ratio. If you put an image, if you take one of those and put one right next to it and then double double oh look it's a page six of those is one panel yes yeah, how so the f- fuck does he do every single shot in six fucking pa- <laughs> it's literally he's just taking a page right and which is what I we, in, which I'm not a, pro- not no, a problem no no it's actually
2: not easy either that's <laughs> what I thought exactly about though while I was does.
0: watching I was watching the Snyder Cut of it, mm-hmm. and I was going man all of these look like comic book panels whereas when I watch something like Avengers Endgame and I watch the big war scene at the very end mm-hmm. to me in my head as a comic book fan is that's like a two panel spread
3: yeah, yeah. These cinematic boom or phase. like a post that you
0: put in the middle of the
2: battle. You're like, yeah. all right, we're yeah. doing a
0: four-panel spread here or something. Uh, but Snyder works very, very well in that, mm. that boxed comic book format.
2: Yeah, no, that looked great. Other, th- I mean, obviously, the Cyborg story, uh, being in the movie is amazing. Um, the- it was actually really
3: cool to actually have, like, a whole new character's story got yeah. told. I mean, we got a little bit more about the Flash, but, like, nothing about Cyborg was explained beforehand. Yeah. Like, we got more lore about Theramacia than, mm-hmm. I think, the... One woman movies have actually given. <laughs> yeah, this. I think
2: so. <laughs> like, there's actually more lore about. The mascara, she- <laughs> but fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad. I can't ever fucking that's say fine. that word. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we got we got more of every character, and that's why, honestly, why the fucking movie is so long, mm-hmm. and why it was supposed to be so long because we literally hadn't had. A uh, Aquaman movie, a cyborg movie, or a Flash movie at that point, those characters needed to be introduced in this movie. Right, right. That's why it's so goddamn long. And we were going to get the other movies as we moved out between the two, but obviously that was not meant to be. Mm-hmm. As origin stories for each three characters
3: within mm-hmm. a four-hour movie mm-hmm. explaining how they're going to set up an Aquaman movie, mm-hmm. how they're going to set up a Flash movie, and how they were going to set up a cyborg movie, they put all of the... Bullshit first 20 minutes of the hero gets dumb powers from reason into this movie, yeah. In this cut, and I really appreciate that because yeah. it, while a uh, cool, I mean, it was it was their version of this the, the hero's origin, yeah. But that means I don't have to watch it in the next movie. The and sure. that I really was like, yeah, it, it but it I didn't feel like it dragged, mm-hmm. it no. gave me the hero origins in a unique enough situation to where I understood it. Of the, the hero, com- the group coming together, the reason we're forming the Justice League, yeah. and then post that. I don't need a oh cyborg. I daddy honestly the caused him to now I can get to the cyborg. Honestly, I love the, story. the fact
0: that the heat Batman just got flat out fucking rejected by
3: everybody. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was
0: yeah, like, like, no. Let's all make a justice group, and they're like, no. no
2: for Why Team would up we with do you? This? Didn't you kill him? The- like, no. <laughs> like, have you seen you, dude? Like, you have issues.
0: Aquaman's bro. like, I'm not gonna do that. And he's like, but here's money. He's like, okay, maybe I'll do it, but money. <laughs>
2: What, what want to, like, but he what, gave money to the That's villagers. He's like, these poor people. I bring them fish every season. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, let me just give them a ton of cash. That's my superpower. I can do that. Yeah. And he's like, all right, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you see the Aquaman movie after that, you kind of get that
3: he is the poor mm-hmm. kid who is now in this place of power by the end of the Which I haven't movie. seen, so it's Spoiler for the way Aquaman's story goes is he becomes the king of fucking Atlantis. Yeah, so... Did ba- you know that? <laughs> I, I, have, I have heard that.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Here's my thing about the length. It's everyone's biggest complaint, which says a lot to me, because that means when they watch the movie, they didn't have a lot to complain about. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing about this movie. Even at its length, and the episodes are a fantastic solution to this problem. Even at its length, I never felt like the movie was wasting my time. Mm-hmm. Several times during the and cut, I felt like the movie was wasting my time. Mm-hmm. There are moments in MCU movies where I feel like the movie's wasting my time sometimes. Never in this movie did I feel like we're just doing this for no reason. Everything had there were definitely times time where we would hit a new somewhere.
0: section. And I'm like, Oh, is that over already? Is it yeah. been 45 the sections minutes? Sections were
3: to its benefit, mm-hmm. allowing us to have the Diana and Cyborg story. Mm-hmm. we already we can have the Batman and Flash story. We can have these individual moments with it these characters. It felt like a comic book. It did yeah, because we just watched the trade paperback.
2: Yeah, yeah. Every, chapter for chapter. <laughs> we literally
3: yeah. watched every one of those chapters was a was mm-hmm. the condensed version of an issue, mm-hmm. and we watched the trade paperback. That's. Yeah. It's I completely <laughs> agree. No, that you're, you said you had
0: that same assessment while we were watching. I'm like, yeah. that's exactly what this
3: felt yeah, was like. like yep. By the end of the movie, is like, I like this version of watching movies. If you give me like a six hour version of <laughs> the thing that I wanted <laughs> right? to watch all together,
2: no lie. If they took um, Infinity War and Endgame, squish them together, and just put episodes on it, I'd watch it like that rather huh? than two movies Every Mm -hmm. time. Every time. Every time I sit down for infinity where I'm like, all right, I got three hours to go. And (laughs) like and I love watching that movie because it's a wonderful movie. Same with Endgame, but every time it's like, all right, I got three hours to go. (laughs) If I could tuck in for like a forty five minute episode of Endgame the movie, the six hour movie, I would do it all the time. Well
0: to be fair, I mean we're looking at Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now and that's, that's exactly true. what it we're saying exactly like, like, this, this looks on. like it's going to be just a six hour movie
2: yeah like,
3: and, and also a six hour like chapter comic panel we, yeah. we get to start Invin- uh, Invincible tomorrow yeah. Yeah. which I'm
2: really excited for that I'm yeah I'm ridiculously excited it's, be, was,
0: it's an Amazon exclusive mm, uh, it's yeah, being produced yeah, it's by Seth Rogen yeah, yeah.
2: by the way a friend of mine just messaged me before we started the show who does not read comic books certainly hasn't read this has no idea where it came from no idea what the source material is messaged me said dude watch this it's awesome
0: mm-hmm and it was about invincible. It was about invincible. Yeah. So
2: I'm, I'm. Now we have like a layman opinion, and I'm just like, oh, this appeals to a lot. I, I'm in.
3: Yeah, you know, invincible was one of those comic books that I wanted. To, everybody wanted movies or a TV show or something mm-hmm. to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And when Robert Kirkman got to the power that is Robert Kirkman right now, and mm-hmm. was like, I'm animating it with Amazon. My brain went, yes, that's exactly the best way to handle. this going future. Sorry, side tangent for what we're doing next week to talk about. No, it's very exciting because (laughs) when I heard
0: Invincible was going to be animated, I was like, that's really great because I've already got the boys and the boys hits that same hard R level of superhero action that, It'll be cool to see an animated feature yeah. for Invincible because they can, go, they, they can go over the top with the gore in a way that you couldn't do in The Boys because yeah. they got to be practical effects and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that we've been side tangenting. We need to start to wrap the show up here. Uh, let's go around the table just one quick time. Final thoughts, opinions about the Snyder Cut.
2: Um, no matter who you are, what your opinion is on the DC movies, or even if you don't watch... Uh, any DC movies or any Marvel movies even um, if you're at all uh, then I don't know why you're listening to us uh, 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 if you are one of these people and you want just like let me dive in to take these six episodes honestly I can recommend this probably to anyone as a six episode series if if it's presented to you as a four hour movie you're like fuck you that's like I'm gonna you know I'm not biting off that big of a chunk to start but I can honestly recommend the story to everyone there's nothing you need to know starting the movie that the movie won't tell you it tells you everything you need to know it feels like an epic when you're done you feel like you did something great and it's not it, it, it's not like something like Endgame, where there are just like thirty-two characters we're keeping track of at this mm. time, with big fight scenes with like hundreds of characters, and it, it all just looks like, like to, to someone who hasn't followed the story carefully, it all looks insane. Mm. But it, this isn't like that, you know. The, the biggest fight it has like you know six people to keep track. The of.
0: The biggest fight happened felt a little bit like the original Avengers fight, mm-hmm. right? Right. Six characters, hordes yeah. of, of aliens attacking,
2: everyone working within their power set. group yep. to, to like do what they can to help
3: okay honestly if you take that fucking uh, the the group coming together shot when we're, it's the silo thing where everybody's yeah. fighting together mm-hmm. look at that and then go back and just in your brain um, remember the end of age of ultron where everybody's standing around and there's a swirling thing happening it's it's nearly the shot like oh, yeah. it's the same yeah. shot sequences it's yeah. the same storytelling yeah. it's Imagine that storytellers learn how to do one thing a long time ago.
2: Somebody, maybe Stan Lee, said, And now I want a panel with all the heroes of it just kicking ass in their own way. Yep, and today we have all the greatness from that.
3: Tony, what are your
0: final thoughts about the Snyder Cut?
3: Uh, overall, I very much enjoyed the film. I think it is the superior version of the movies. Unfortunately, it is non canon, so I don't have to give a shit about that. I have a bigger issue with the fact that I like it so much and what that means for nerddom going forward on our ability to say fuck you we don't like the thing that you made make it the way we want it mm-hmm. which is a
0: bigger conversation that we do need yeah. to have at some yeah,
3: point is that a is a not trend. Trend. and I knew that yeah. was not the place for this because right. that would have turned the entire oh. epilogue was going to be that Yeah, so that's going to be another episode at some <laughs> yeah. point yeah oh absolutely please
2: stay tuned someday for the implications <laughs> of the Snyder Cut yes <laughs> we
0: absolutely are going to make that a boss room
2: so
3: yeah, that's what I wanted to get to is like my, the implications of what this means to me are, are what I want to talk about. Yeah. Overall, I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm really worrying about nerddom in the next few years. But Hector brought up something that I want to address mm-hmm. the episodic nature of it with the uh, titles and treating this as more of a mini series than a movie. Mm-hmm. And I do like that idea. I think that right now, the way we create and consume media is massively changing. That was mm-hmm. part of the reason why um, the in the early two or the yeah, early two thousands the writers strike for getting di- uh, writers to get digital or get mm-hmm. rights to digital works. Right, and we're getting to see that now because the way we are telling stories through Netflix and Hulu, Amazon, everybody is being able to express their stories in its unique storytelling fashion. Mm-hmm. And this movie yeah it would have worked in theaters but you would have gotten the majority of people being butt hurt. that immediate reaction coming in theaters like I'm tired because it took too long Yeah, that would have been the reaction mm-hmm. versus the sitting at home on your couch where everybody's happy and you don't have to fucking give a shit everybody's reaction is Fuck yeah! I sat on my couch and I watched the movie four and a half hours and, get, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, to be you fair, like, like when when yeah, Endgame's
0: runtime was announced, mm-hmm. the first question people had was, "Are you gonna have an intermission, guys?" Because like I gotta pee. Yeah, like
2: I've literally watched a hour that, movie like, before. Yeah, <laughs> let's on. not forget that like when Titanic came out, for the amazing achievement that was, all anyone could talk about was how long it's it is. Three yeah. hours. All anyone could talk about yeah. was how long
3: it is. Oh my god!
2: So
0: having like you were saying, this episodic format for the for the Snyder Cut, it worked. It worked, yeah, it worked in its favor. It
3: really did, and I think that's the power of the way we can tell stories going further in the future Mm -hmm. outside of this having to go to a theater atmosphere. Whenever you can release a episodic thing digitally where you can consume it at your own pace Mm -hmm. I think is, is a new cool idea versus the 45 minute to 30 minute to 20 minute episodes that Disney's playing around with because they're just like you know what the story takes place in however fucking long that episode needs to be that's how long it should be yeah and and I I appreciate that that. idea Mm -hmm. and I think that more storytelling is getting that going that way watch how stories aren't doing commercial break storytelling anymore you're not leaving on a a, uh, he's obviously been murdered by I don't know, a beer bottle, and then like it cuts dun, away. Done, done, cut then, to black. And then right. you got to cut away. And, and then now you we spend, watch an ad for time. Yeah, mm. and then you got all that bullshit. And then the, wait, previously on. And you're like, what the fuck? We just watched that like five seconds ago when the yeah. commercial was before it.
2: Yeah. We're getting rid of that type of storytelling. It's gotten so bad that I think there's only one show left that I watch that's mm. created to be aired for television that has like commercial break editing and like pacing because I can't fucking do it anymore. I can't, I, I can't watch shows that are created that way anymore. When Lucifer went to Netflix and stopped doing that, it became so much yeah. <laughs> better. <laughs> much yeah. better show.
0: So my final opinion about the Snyder Cut, and obviously, as I said uh, before, I'm coming into the Snyder Cut having not watched the original Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, so my opinion, the mileage may vary on how I feel about this, uh, but I was also hardcore off of DC movies mm-hmm. until Birds of Prey. Right. I watched the end of the Snyder Cut, and I'm hoping I'm going to word this correctly so that you all can understand this. We got done with the Snyder Cut, and my opinion was this movie was the most comic book movie to comic book that I've ever seen in a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. Every single part of it felt like I was just watching a visual novel. Every shot, yep. every scene, every cadence
3: of every conversation. You would pause like, the dialogue yeah. and just put bubbles above them. And it's yeah, a single it shot. And you're like, that's the conversation and I, was like, and I and say Aquaman. this as a lifelong
0: mm. Marvel movie fan. As a person who Hector and I have yep. just taken off <laughs> July 9th. Yep. Specifically from work. And have told our managers, we are taking off this day paid anybody would like to help support the early nerds who rent
3: a movie theater to watch Black Widow hit <laughs> us up on patreon.com slash the early but nerd. even
0: all the Marvel Those movies we would, that we've we watched, watched <laughs> none of them felt as much like a comic book as I did when I was watching the Snyder Cut and I'm like yep. if this was what we could have gotten then fuck man Warner Brothers has been doing us a serious disservice for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Because if Snyder knows anything, it's how to take a comic book panel and put it onto the onto the screen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. We'll um, look at 300. Yes. yes. Yeah. My, my favorite <laughs> shot shot. critique of uh, Zack Snyder, the one that I agree the most with, is because he's always making the comic book movie and making it the most like the comic book and also kind of critiquing something that hopefully the comic was also critiquing. The reason, and it's also one of my favorites of his, the reason Sucker Punch might be his least good love comic, comic book movie is because it's the least subtle about what it's critiquing. Mm. And I love that about I it because I love that. when he's Snyder isn't nose. subtle. He's on the nose. Like it's it's a series a of four movie. music right, but videos. But
0: but he's a pair of
2: glasses. They belong there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a series of like four music videos and I fucking love Song yeah.
2: of so Yes. I love that movie so much. Thank you. All
0: right. That is everything we have for the show this week. Thank you for sticking with us through this entire rant and tirade. Holy crap, was this a fun episode. I had a Mm -hmm. blast doing this double feature epilogue. Yeah, We can't do it all the time, but this was definitely the week for it because we had two giant news items that we absolutely had to talk about. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, opinions about any of the things that we've talked about this week, Tony, where can they find us?
3: Patreon.com slash Uh Join us there at whatever levels. We're, we're working on those. That's that's an ongoing thing, but join us at like a dollar if mm-hmm. you want. You know, support us if you would like to. Or you can support us by uh, um, subscribing on your podcast provider or, you know, giving us a, a thumb or a star or whatever. Don't forget, if you subscribe, even thingy. for
0: only a dollar, you will get first access to our special Final Fantasy VII Remake yes. episode.
3: And in, and if you do that, you should also at the surly nerd James be like, dude, I just joined on Patreon. Are you done fucking writing yet?
0: <laughs> Sorry to throw it The script has
3: been in the works for a month. We are going to record it. I'm done. I'm just pushing him because I know we're doing it this weekend, and I'm like I'm just like trying to like we're we're, I know, we're on the verge. It's like I can see the episode the is right there. It's right there. It's we're, just we're the almost tent. there. But, uh, yeah, no, follow us on those places. Join us at the Playings. Info at the com is our email address if you want to j- do there. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's 130 or 930. What, are, what number are we at? Three 395. 395. 395. 395. Yeah. We
0: are right around the corner from 400. All right. Yeah. Well. There's a lot of great things in the store. Short jump to 420. Yeah. We are, We are going to get there. Until next week, Adventurers for Tony. This is James.
3: For James, this is
2: Tony. And I'm Hector.
0: Adventurers, good night.
2: And good game.